In the year 1511, Henry VIII of England launched what was to be his flagship, the Mary Rose. For 33 years, the Mary Rose was the pride of the English fleet, serving in conflicts against the Scottish and the French. Then, in 1545, for reasons not totally understood, it sank. However, it was discovered again in the late 1960s, and the secrets it revealed changed our knowledge of Tudor England. Learn more about the wreck of the Mary Rose and how a 425-year-old wooden ship was salvaged on this episode of Everything Everywhere Daily. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We tend to think of Britain as a historical seafaring power. To be sure, they were, but they weren't always the masters of the sea. There was a time when they were a rather middling European power stuck on an island off the coast of continental Europe. During the reign of Henry VIII, England hadn't yet become the naval power that we think of it as today. They had no colonies at this point, and they didn't even have a powerful navy. Henry V, a century earlier, had wanted to build a much more powerful navy, but the Hundred Years' War with France and a subsequent civil war, the War of the Roses, put that idea on hold. From 1422 to 1509, only six ships were built for the English crown, which sounds surprising for an island nation, but it's true. When Henry VIII became king and ascended to the throne in 1509, he had only two ships in his fleet which could be considered serious ocean-going vessels, the Regent and the Sovereign. Both the Regent and the Sovereign were a type of ship known as a Carrick. A Carrick was the successor to the smaller Cog that only had one mast and preceded the much larger Galleon ships. These were the ships with three and sometimes four masts, usually with a square rig. The largest ship that Columbus sailed on in his first voyage, for example, the Santa Maria, was a Carrick. In the early 16th century, the Carrick was the state-of-the-art in shipbuilding. In an attempt to modernize the English fleet, Henry VIII ordered two new Carricks. They were to be named the Peter Pomegranate and the Mary Rose. The Mary Rose was constructed in Portsmouth, England, and it took about 18 months to build. Construction began in January of 1510, and it was launched in July of 1511. The name Mary Rose is believed to be a reference to his sister Mary, and the Rose is in reference to the Rose, which is the emblem of the House of Tudor. While England would have become much more adept at shipbuilding later on, at this time they didn't have the experience that countries like Portugal had. Construction of the Mary Rose was a huge undertaking. It required 600 large oak trees, which at the time were quite rare. Timber had to be brought in from all over southern England. When it was launched, it was around five to 600 tons and had a keel length of 32 meters or 105 feet. Both in the front and the back of the ship were what were known as forecastles. And if you've ever seen an image of an old-timey ship, you probably have seen something like a Carrick. The Mary Rose saw service right away. It saw action against the French, and then it began transporting troops to fight against Scotland. For 25 years, the ship was in operation, and it was finally retrofitted in 1536 to support more and larger cannons, and it went back to service again against the French. On July 18, 1545, the Mary Rose fought the French at the Battle of the Solent. 
The Solent, for those of you not from England, is the name of the strait between the southern coast of England and the Isle of Wight. It's about 20 miles or 32 kilometers long and about 5 miles or 8 kilometers wide. During the battle, the Mary Rose sunk to the bottom of the Solent. It was estimated that as many as 400 men may have been on board. I realize that's kind of anticlimactic, but nobody really knows why the Mary Rose sunk. There was one anonymous account from a Flemish sailor that said the ship sunk after firing a round of cannons on one side, and then when the ship turned around, it hit a gust of wind, which tilted the ship, which caused it to take on water in its open gun ports, and then it sank. Other theories state that the Mary Rose was rendered unseaworthy when it was retrofitted in 1536. A documentary produced in the year 2000 created a model of the Mary Rose and found that it actually would sink when confronted with the conditions similar to what it might have encountered as described by the anonymous Flemish sailor. But regardless of why it sank, it sank, and that's where this story starts. The wreck wasn't in that deep of water. There were attempts to raise it within days that were unsuccessful and further attempts to raise it in 1547 and 1549. Salvaging the ship was never successful, and the only thing they were able to recover were a few cannons. It sat at the bottom of the Solent Strait for over 400 years. Over time, the wooden ship began to fall apart, it became covered with silt, and it was lost and forgotten. However, because the water was so shallow, when currents would change, it would sometimes reappear. In 1836, some fishermen had their nets caught on exposed timbers from the ship. They had inadvertently discovered the wreck which hadn't been seen in 300 years. Divers went down using state-of-the-art 1836 diving technology and managed to recover a few artifacts, including some longbows and cannons. When the ship was identified, it briefly caught the public's attention, but it was then forgotten again and covered with silt. In the 1960s, a scuba diving club in southern England set out to look for wrecks in the strait, and in particular, the Mary Rose. They used 19th century charts, and in 1968, they found a large buried object with underwater sonar. In 1970, some timbers once again appeared, and in 1971, parts of the hull appeared after a storm. Having confirmed that it was in fact the Mary Rose, a very slow process began to excavate the ship. Over the next 10 years, a volunteer group of over 600 divers made 27,831 dives and recovered over 26,000 artifacts. If you remember back to my episode on the longbow, one of the most significant discoveries that came from the Mary Rose were 172 of the 250 longbows that were on the ship. The longbows discovered on the Mary Rose completely changed what we know about longbows. They had a far heavier draw weight than most historians thought that longbows from that time had. They also found evidence of food, which gave an insight into how ships of that time were provisioned. They found barrels of beef, pork, and cod, as well as plums, peas, and peppercorns. They also found a full skeleton of a dog, a rat, and a frog, which must have been alive when the ship sank. Likewise, the remains of 179 people were discovered, with almost complete skeletons of 92 people. Almost all of them were young men, with the youngest being somewhere between the age of 11 and 13. Also among the thousands of artifacts were backgammon boards, dice, tools, plates, surgical equipment, and many other things. As for the ship itself, the port side of the ship was destroyed, but the starboard side of the ship, which was buried, was remarkably well-preserved for 400-year-old wood. By 1982, the decision was made to attempt to raise the actual hull of the ship itself. The only other sunken ship, which was this old that had ever been raised, was the Vasa in Sweden, which I did a previous episode on. 
The Vasa, which was raised from 1959 to 1961, was in much better shape than the Mary Rose, and it was sitting upright when it was discovered. The Mary Rose couldn't just be yanked out of the water. If too much stress was placed on the wood, the entire thing would just fall apart, because much of it was still in the mud. There was a great deal of debate as to how the ship should be lifted out of the water, as nothing like this had ever really been done before. In the end, a large steel cradle was created, which went underneath the ship with airbags to cushion the hull once it was out of the water. After months of planning and preparation, on October 11, 1982, amidst great fanfare and a live television broadcast, and in the presence of Prince Charles, the Mary Rose was lifted out of the water. It was put on a barge and taken to a facility in nearby Portsmouth, England. Getting the ship out of the water intact solved one major problem, but then it introduced another. Having been submerged in water for over 400 years, if the wood was just left alone, it would dry out and probably disintegrate. Preserving the hull of the ship turned out to be much more difficult and expensive than just raising it out of the water. Water had to be sprayed on the wooden hull to keep it moist for years, and the temperature it was stored at was also kept very cold, just above freezing. The position of the hull was kept at the same angle from which it was recovered, and very slowly rotated over several years to a point where it was almost vertical. From 1994 to 2003, the process of spraying the ship with polyethylene glycol began. This was also done on the Vasa wreck, and it's done to replace the water inside the wood. From 2003 to 2010, another layer of heavier polyethylene glycol was added, and from 2010 to 2016, a slow-controlled drying of the ship was conducted. The entire process of preserving the wood from the hull of the Mary Rose has been very slowly underway ever since it was raised almost 40 years ago. Today, the Mary Rose is on display in Portsmouth, England in the Mary Rose Museum, an entire museum dedicated to the ship and the artifacts which were found. Normally, this is the part of the episode where I give a brief story of a first-hand experience I had visiting a place. I am embarrassed to say that I've been to Portsmouth, I really like Portsmouth, but I've never visited the Mary Rose. I was there as part of a trip visiting sites related to D-Day and World War II, so I never bothered to visit many of the other historic attractions in the city. However, I can guarantee you that on my next trip to England, I am taking a train to Portsmouth to visit the Mary Rose. The Mary Rose was an incredible discovery, and its salvage and recovery are one of the greatest feats of underwater archaeology in history. The number and quality of items found in the Mary Rose provided a unique insight into the life on an early 16th century English ship. Everything Everywhere Daily is an Airwave Media podcast. The executive producer is Darcy Adams. The associate producers are Thor Thompson and Peter Bennett. Today's review comes from listener Peter Principal over at Apple Podcasts in the United States. They write, This podcast makes me a trivia god. For most of my adult life, my knowledge has been described as 50 miles wide and 2 inches deep. And now I've found the podcast that expands my mind to a 1,000 miles wide and 10 feet deep. That has served to make my most treasured skill the one that allows me to win random bar-based trivia nights, damning with faint praise. Everything Everywhere Daily is perfectly suited to the way I learn, and I'm extremely grateful that I found it. The best part is that Everything Everywhere Daily feeds my brain in the most beneficial way. It gives me just enough information to make me want to know more about every single episode, and in the process, become a Trivia Night Ultimate Champion. Thanks, Everything Everywhere Daily. You're the greatest. Well, thank you, Peter Principal. Just doing some back-of-the-envelope math calculations, at 50 miles by 2 inches, your prior knowledge would have had an area of 44,000 square feet of knowledge, 
Now, with a thousand miles by ten feet of knowledge, your knowledge area is 52.8 million square feet of knowledge. That means I have increased your knowledge by 1,200 fold. You are welcome. Remember, if you leave a review or send me a boostagram, you too can have it read on the show.